Are you ready? High voltage is upon us. Join our hosts, Chris and Sean, while they turn up the voltage. Welcome back to the Dad in a Rock podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You, we can't welcome them to something that they haven't been to before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess this, you're right. This All is right. high voltage. We, we... Yeah. Welcome for the first time to Dad in a Rock High Voltage. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, uh, we're back at it. Well, for the first time in this venue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're actually going into a uh, world that we are new to. So uh, this should be fun. Yeah, we're testing it out, seeing how this goes. Uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Uh, well, we've been preparing for this, honestly. Uh, yeah. We started thinking about this when we ran into another one of our podcast buddies, uh, John from the Basement Surge, and he kind of planted a seed on, you know, and it, it, it has grown like crazy. I mean, it was one of those things that once we started doing it, started thinking about it, it was uh, something that we started pursuing yeah. uh, pretty quickly between, you know, finding a good name for this. You know, we wanted to make sure that we put in good content and, you know, the openings and closing. So right. uh, we're giving everyone kind of a, a first, you know, a, a first look at what we're doing here. Yeah, this is kind of a preview. We're really only streaming on YouTube and Facebook for right now. I think there'll be additional... Uh, platforms when we uh, kind of make the official launch later this month. Um, but yeah, we thought it was a good opportunity to talk about The Boys uh, Season 2. Uh, we kind of covered the first half of the season on our audio-only podcast. Um, boy, when was that? I guess that was about four weeks ago or so, about a month ago. And uh, I don't know, you know, the last episode of Season 2 aired on Amazon Prime today, and, and you and I watched it, right? Yeah, well, it seems like every time we talk to boys, it seems to be our, our biggest show. Yeah. And, you know, since we enjoy that show so much, we figured, you know what, since we're going to go ahead and do a wrap up anyway, we might as well go ahead and do it in this venue and uh, see what, you know, becomes of it. Yeah. So here we go. What about the, what about the boys? I mean, it's kind of, here's the, here's the thing with the season. It's like when you were talking about or reviewing a bunch of episodes um, in kind of like one sit down session, your mind just is like melded with all the different plot points and it's kind of hard to like <laughs> keep track. I know the first time we talked about it, we kind of we discussed character arcs uh, throughout the uh, the uh, opening of season two and throughout the first four episodes. Um, but uh, I guess we'll try to do the same thing. Uh, where did we leave Butcher when beginning of episode four? Well, or Butcher, beginning of episode five, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Butcher pretty much his character completely arced. I mean, he went yeah. from looking for Becca, finding Becca, and Becca refusing to leave because he wouldn't take uh, her son with him. Yeah. So we went back, and he had to figure out what he's doing. So when we picked up with him in episode five, he was completely lost. He didn't know what to do. He left the boys. Yeah. He he went to his uh, I think his aunt's house. And was just like he's seen his his bulldog that apparently is big news in the comics that people were really Jones in the sea. Yeah, uh, I knew nothing of the bulldog because I'm now purposely staying away from you know the graphic novels and everything, so I don't know what's coming because I I want to be uh, made angry, enjoy it. I mean, this show brings right. out every emotion in me that that can possibly happen, and it's it's. It irritates me, and I love it for some reason. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> well, I mean, they just do a good job. It's just a good show. Um, 
earlier today, uh, I was talking to Christina and uh, uh, our aunt Deanna, and she kind of she was like, her, my aunt was like, uh, "Is that a good show?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's really good." And but I I don't know if I could suggest it to her because it's like, well, it is super gory and ultra violent, and there's some sex, and well, <laughs> I don't know, but that. I like it. It's funny you say that because I was sitting there watching the season finale today with Janessa. And I see her watching it. And I, I catch it from time to time. She did it with Game of Thrones a lot. Yeah. But not to the extent she was doing today. She was watching as in like her phone was down. And I looked over and I was like, you are weirdly intrigued in this, aren't you? And she said, I am very weirdly intrigued in this. Yeah. And I was There's like, some depraved characters. I feel like maybe that's a good litmus test. If you were okay with um, some of the things, some of the characters and... You know, if you were intrigued by watching Game of Thrones and you weren't turned off by, you know, all the sex and violence, if yeah. you were okay with it and were just more into it with the the plot and ongoing, you know, character arcs and stuff, I think you'd enjoy the boys a lot. Yeah, no, it was one of those things. That, and she's notorious for doing this to me. She'll stop me halfway through like an episode and she's like, what just happened? What's going on? So I got to pause it. And then I'd like, for instance, with it being the last episode of this season, I had to somehow sum up all of the first season and almost a whole second season to get her to understand what was going on in this scene. And there was no way for me to do so. I, right. I, I know I did a terrible job at it because she kind of gave me that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what can you do? Honestly, there's so many uh, episodes you're trying to recap at once. It's hard to, you know, not only this season, but there's a whole previous first season yeah i mean we're looking at 15 seasons 15 and a half seasons encapsulated into a five minute explanation right not this show there's no way yeah um so getting back to it i mean as far as you're right butcher kind of came to an end of his arc he left becca uh or more like becca kicked him away because he wasn't really she could tell that he wasn't willing to take her son with them yeah. Uh, so Becca didn't have any time for him. She was like, I don't like, he was, she was kind of like, I don't like the person that you've become. You've got to change before any this can happen. Well, she said he was always toxic in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So he was lost. He was walking around that, you know, that Walgreens or whatever, just that store where, where Huey called him over and over again on the cell phone. And he was like, I don't know, maybe I'm going to Costa Rica or something. Um, but well, then uh, he calls Huey his canary. Yeah. And and that's what he relayed back to Mother's Milk. Right. And that's when MM knew exactly where he was going. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah, MM um had that kind of a relationship with him to where he could kind of read between the lines and understand that we he was heading to uh, it was his aunt's house, right? I believe so, yeah. And she yeah. seemed very nice and very sweet and everything. <laughs> and uh well, we find she does not fall far from the butcher tree or butcher doesn't fall far from her tree. Right. However you want to look at it because when uh all of a sudden, they're looking out there, and you know, mother's milk finds them, and you know, and Huey, and they they're sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, you know, Butcher looks outside, and who's sitting on the roof across the street? It, you know, Black Noir. Wasn't that funny to see Black Noir? It's just he's looking like Snake Eyes from GI Joe, and he's like, it's the it's broad daylight. It's probably about two in the afternoon, and he's just on top of a of a roof in the suburbs. Like it was so out of place. <laughs> well, I thought Metal Metal Gear Solid. Oh, that's funny too. That's yeah. what came to mind for me. And I don't know if that has something to do with uh, you know, another show I'm listening to that brought that, you know, that game front and center to me. But right. uh, that's the first thing that I thought of. But yeah, it's, it's just crazy ridiculous. on how that actually was. Yeah. But I mean he was uh, a formidable foe, of course. Like uh what did they do? They tried to blow up the house with well, him in it. They went to the basement 
into yeah. the, the 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 drug den. Come to find <laughs> out, <laughs> and um, the house is rigged all over the place, and it just kept blowing up. He kept on walking through it, and it wasn't phasing him. And then eventually, you know, he sends Mother's Milk and Huey and everyone out of the house, and he's yeah. going to face off with Black Noir. And he's getting, you know, he's, I think he's pretty much going to, you know, getting his butt kicked. And then he calls uh, Stan Egger and says, yeah. I've got this information. You call off your dog or it's going to be released. Yeah, he mentioned about uh, something about having pictures of something. I don't think we ever really learned. Well, it was one, about we, Becca we, and the boy. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was about Becca and the boy and how they were being held in that compound. Okay. And how it was Homelander's son. So yeah. he had the leverage to go ahead and, you know, basically save himself and be able to get out of the situation he's in. He, and he's the best at getting out of some slimy situations. Oh, yeah. He's slippery. He but sure I mean, is. even like like the episode we just seen, he's still holding information where he can sit down with Stan Egger in the same room, knowing out the window there's, you know, snipers ready to take him out. Yeah. And he will stand toe to toe. With you know the the head of vault, without you know being scared about it at all. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting relationship. I almost feel like uh, Stan Edgar would prefer to have Butcher as a piece on the board. You know what I mean? Even though Butcher doesn't like work for Vault, it's almost like he enjoys having that wild card out there to where. He knows it's like one more uh, card to play, or sort of insurance against Homelander, like. The boys at the end of the day, if it was a, a, a just a fight, a plain fight between the boys and Homelander, I'm sure Homelander would probably win. But to have that force out there just to, I don't know, cause ruckus, I think he enjoys having him. Well, he's not normal. Nor, neither of the boys. They're not scared of Homelander or right. Black Noir or any of them or Stormfront. They're, they're there to go ahead and you know, stand in their way. Come hell or high water, they're not... They're not going to let them take them down. If they die, they die, and they basically become martyrs. Right, and they and they don't really care. Yeah, a couple more points in that uh, episode five, uh, as far as the uh, on the uh, the superhero the seven side of things. Uh, there was a train finally getting retired. I guess they were filming that movie, right? Dawn of the Seven. And for some reason, a, a movie about the dawn of the seven. You see a train leaving. That was kind of a nice aside. Kind of watching them film this bad movie. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, A-Train leaves and uh, I guess, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it. I, I guess we could just talk more about uh, A-Train in general and kind of his arc. But he ends up uh, joining up with the Deep in that Scientology-like cult. Yeah. What do they call themselves? I even forget what the name of it is. Oh, you know, I didn't even write it down. Uh, the, the Church of the something. It's Church of the Light or something like that. Yeah, it's something insignificant. We'll just, we'll just go ahead and say it. It's similar to... It's an allegory to Scientology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they, they get him going. They, you know, they try to re- rehab him. They go through the whole thing. Uh, they actually bring on... Uh, well, he's there with the Deep. So the Deep and a trainer together now. Yeah. And they're trying to get him back into Seven because come to find out the guy that is leading this group is actually has got connections inside to Stan Egger. Right. He's at least able to get a meeting with them. Um, yeah. Which, you know, we're n- never quite told exactly what the relationship is or how this Church of the Light kind of ties in with Vought as a company. Uh, probably something that we'll get more details with later. The, the Collective. Oh, okay. Yeah, The Collective. Yeah. The Church of the Collective. That's what it was. 
Yeah. I don't know why the thing there it is, but uh, I, I think I'm going to get used to those moments while we're doing this kind of show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's all live. No editing, baby. There we go. But uh, do it live. I mean, it, this was pretty big though too. Uh, Homelander outed Queen Maeve on live yeah. television. Yeah, which which it's not cool at all. Oh, come on. But it was definitely a Homelander move. Right. And uh, she, I mean, we, we've talked about this on the side. Uh, she is the best at rolling with anything that is happening live in front of her. If it's on camera, if it's in front of the press, whatever it is, if public eyes are looking at her when it's happening, she will not cave. Yeah. Now, when they're away, I mean, she's throwing, you know, dining room tables to their her apartment but you know she never homelander never gets her to crack in front of the public yeah yeah homelander's it, it's kind of strange I, I feel like uh homelander liked having this uh this friendship uh it's really weird his relationship with queen mave because he, he he really keeps her under his thumb but at the same time i feel like he almost considers her like not an equal because he doesn't consider anybody to be an equal to him, but almost like a sidekick. Like out of all the seven, Queen Maeve, Queen Maeve was kind of his go-to. And for her to keep something from him as far as this relationship that she's had, it's almost like his punishment. Like, okay, where are you going to have this relationship? I'm just going to like put it out there for the world to see and like shove it down your throat because then it gets all corporified, right? It's all corporate yeah. where Vought like embraces it. Now, you know, there's – you know, proud, uh, <laughs> proud flags on uh, boxes of lasagna with Queen Maeve on it. Oh, like, yeah, it becomes a, it becomes everything. It becomes a movie, and I mean, right. they they run with this. They're like, you know, we're going to go ahead and do the best we can with this because now, you know, we have you know the rainbow flag within the seven, right? And it's they're running with it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, while you know Queen Maeve's uh, girlfriend, I forget her name, but that was the last thing that she wanted. Like she didn't want to be some celebrity or you know have be like the spokesperson for <laughs> being in a relationship or a or a you know a, a lesbian relationship with with anyone, including Queen Maeve. So it's really just kind of forcing them into a position that they just didn't want to be in, and it was just a just an awful move. And it kind of it, it pushed that web that that. Uh, uh, it pushed that, uh, what am I trying, oh, that stake, kind of that wedge in between Queen Maeve and Homelander even more. I mean, you saw it last season when they were both on that plane oh, yeah, during that, that scene. Plane. And, I mean, Queen Maeve was just horrified by what she saw and what she had to go through and be a part of. And um, I don't know, this is kind of the, you kind of realize later in the season and throughout the episodes that Queen Maeve develops her own plan uh, to get back at Homelander and, and Vought altogether. Well, they find that uh, that GoPro. Uh, it's actually the Deep. Yeah. Finds that GoPro of that guy recording what was happening on that set airplane when, you know, moments before it crashed. Yeah. On how Homelander took Maeve off and they, they didn't make any effort to save anybody when they could have saved, you know, at least, you know, that do- that little girl or that mother. They could have saved a few. And seeing that she has that information now, and it was actually, uh, I guess she downloaded it on her phone, and her girlfriend found it, and that was a pretty big, like eye opener to her, like right. what you're, what you, what are you going through, and she's finally seeing her for what she is, in you know, in the tower. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh that was a lot that happened in episode five and kind of you know kicked off the second part of the season. Uh, 
Episode six, there's a little less um, as far as plot development. It mostly took place in that uh, Sage Grove Center where uh, I guess it was Vought's secrets to where they were, uh, you know, injecting uh, Compound V into folks. And there were a lot of test subjects that they were kind of creating. Almost, it reminded me kind of like an X-Men thing where there are all these like uh, locked rooms, uh, like padded rooms with these people with superheroes or these people with superpowers and all kinds of different, like some were like real freaky. There was a guy that was like vomiting acid and... Um, there was, uh, well, the other one that was well endowed. Oh, well, yeah, we got to talk about love sausage. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he wrapped around mother's milk. Was, uh, that was funny. I mean, I knew nothing about him, and apparently people uh, were waiting for him that knew the actual comic. So, uh, Oh, is he a thing in the comics, too? Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently he was big, and uh, people were, were uh, waiting for it. And... There it was. And people were over... Th- they were, I think they were as happy to see that as they were to see the bulldog. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, I'm definitely missing some stuff by not knowing the uh, comic books. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was that was monstrous. I mean, he had that one lady that uh, went ahead and she was able to, like, like telekinetics. Like, crush things and everything. And there was no stopping her. And she... They left this wide open. Yeah, we learned her name. I forget what it is now, but uh, I feel like she's definitely a character that's going to come back. Um, I feel well. The power that you saw her have uh, was was kind of cr- imploding people, like you know, with telekinesis or whatnot. Um, and earlier in the season, when they were talking to, do you remember that character's name where her head exploded? Um, anyway, it was one of uh, Butcher's uh, informants that he worked with a lot. Susan Rayner. Susan Rayner, yeah. The was it was she with the FBI? Yeah, she was on the inside. She was helping them, and then I think it was it was I don't know if I think it may have been episode one where they were getting information, and then yeah. boom, her head exploded. Yeah, I mean it popped like a balloon. It was it was pretty bad. Right before giving them some uh, you know detailed file on something. Yeah, and uh, so I think you're kind of meant to think that this character that we see in Sage Grove is the same character that did that. Um, and, but it uh, turns out, we'll, we'll talk about it later, was a bit of a red herring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we learn a lot more about what's going on with this head-popping incident. Uh, <laughs> I about, My over. head exploded when I found out what the truth was behind that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're kind of skirting around the, the thing here. we got to talk about Stormfront. Oh, I yeah. I mean, it's... She, I mean, and we even talked about it in the very beginning, you know, the first half of the season, how, how we wanted to like her. And since, oh, yeah. we knew, and since we knew nothing of the graphic novel or anything, we didn't know any of the background of this character. And boy, did they not hold back this character at all. Yeah. I could not stand her face anymore. From, <laughs> I mean, from, I mean, we're, we're I just don't like about, your face. I mean, it's hard. I mean, what kind of. I'm going to be all over the place on this one, honestly. That's From, fine. You know, we're we're she... assuming, yeah, we didn't mention up front, but, I mean, spoilers abound. Like, don't tune into this if you've not watched it <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't care whatever. But, I mean, we're, gonna, we're diving deep. I mean, from when she's at, you know, Sage Grove and she's actually walking around with another, an ex-member of the Seven that we, we find out that's Lamplighter. Yeah, you know, and when the, you know, one of these people that don't work or is not, you know, working right, she has the him basically fry them, which is mind-boggling by itself. Yeah. And then we find out she's over 100 years old, and she's the wife of the originator of Vought. 
and she was the first soup and she's from Nazi Germany. So, I mean, she's, and she's talking about, you know, the people destroying their, our race and how we're under, you know, oh, yeah. war and everything. And that, I mean, we're, I'm fast forwarding a little bit here to episode seven, but that, that episode there, when I'm talking about like how it's hard for me to watch some of these, I was getting angrier and angrier and angrier throughout that whole episode to the point where I was ready for it just to be over. Right. I, like, I want to watch it. I know there's a reason behind everything that's happening here, but it's making me so mad. Like I'm watching the news. Yeah. And I did. I don't want that from my shows, but I love it from this show for some reason. So maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm just weird. Well, they, I mean, they, they do well with it. I mean, they, they touch on things. It's not, blatant um i think i know the episode you're talking about the one that opens with that guy who was uh, i guess creating memes uh, you know it, it was kind of a montage of him uh, listening to the news day in day out and yeah he gets memes. radicalized you yeah, see he got it. radicalized. it's like he's watching his news network and he gets radicalized yeah uh but uh, stormfront you're right i mean uh when she's first introduced in the first couple of ep- episodes She's like sassy, sarcastic, um, puts it to Homelander as far as kind of putting him in his place, which nobody ever does ever. Yeah, no. And uh, we're like, oh, well, this is a character that we can, you know, kind of glom onto. And boy, oh boy, did they turn that on its head, man. Because with each episode, she becomes less and less likable. Um, When you find out in one of the uh, first half of the season she was actually you know like 100 years old and she used to be that superhero called liberty um yeah. and there was that uh, flashback scene where she she murdered that kid and uh you know called him a racial epithet at the time it was like oh well okay there's something strange about not that right here what do we do not what do we not know what's going on yeah something uh dark and deep about uh about her that we don't know about and then you're right later i don't know if it was episode uh might have been six or seven where she just lays it all on the line. Um, you know, she kind of becomes flirtatious with Homelander a bit, uh, almost in kind of a motherly la- way, which, you know, he's into from season one. Like, yeah. he, he's got his own issues, right? And she peeked up on that. But uh, she was genuinely, I feel like she was not using Homelander. At first I thought maybe she was using him, but I think she genuinely, like, loved she him. She wanted him to be her commander. Yeah, you know, the the Aryan, the blonde hair, blue eyes, right. strong. She wanted him to be the one that led the charge because she basically monologued. There was a point where he was angry with her for lying to him. He called her in a lie, and you know she kind of backpedaled it a bit, but she she kind of gave up the ghost at that point and kind of let all of that information out that she used to be married to the Vought guy and she was pretty much giving her the the whole Nazi Cree as far as like you know white supremacy. And at first he was just kind of like, uh, he wasn't sure what to think about it. But as soon as she started to talk to him about how important he was and you're going to be our, you know, saving grace with, you know, help your beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes and like, you know, uh, showering him with praise and love. That's how they're going to create an army of soups to, you know, to save yeah. the race that's under yeah, attack. And at, yeah. and at that point, they, they switched their relationship from being just basically sex partners you know just having fun to being like oh no like we're madly in love with each other (laughs) that kind of thing she says she even says like you and i never have to be alone again and you know that sort of thing is what homelander would want to hear yeah um but But, uh, man i I would tell you i was so thrilled when a train stole the information from the collective yeah and gave it to huey and annie and they dropped it on the news network 
and then it, all of a sudden it was everywhere. Yeah, that was a that was a cool set of scenes. That was in the latest episode, right? The last yeah. episode. Yeah, that was, that was the most recent episode. That, that's basically almost her story arc. All of a sudden, right. everybody knows that what she is, what's behind her, yeah, and everything. And and there was one point in the close to the end of the actual scene where the, the show itself, she's like, "Oh, everyone wants this. They're just scared of the word Nazi." Right. And it's She's like, so full of it. man, and that's when, you know, you, you see Kamiko and I, I've been waiting for oh, them to man. unleash Kamiko. Yes. And, oh, man, she's going and she's going. And then also Starlight's fighting. Then out of nowhere, she catches a punch from behind and it's Maeve. And I'm like, Dude, that fun. scene. It it's good. like the girl power, the girl power that they were pushing in the beginning. That fake girl power. Yeah. Yeah. That they were putting on posters in the first half of the season. Then it was unleashed in its real raw form. And even Frenchie was like, oh, girls can get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, Janessa was like, whoa, okay. So the uh, guys aren't going to do anything and the girls are going to kick some ass. Well, I mean, oh. what can they do? It's like, you know, Stormfront was like uber powerful, like probably only second to Homelander himself. Yeah. Um, so one-on-one, I mean, she was handling Starlight like nothing. I mean, but it took both Starlight, Maeve, and Kamiko, who confirmed, like, I kind of had these Wolverine vibes with her. Um, oh, I thought she died. I was like, no, they yeah. killed Kamiko. Yeah, dude. And when it when it, the camera panned back to her and she, there was still, like, light in her eyes and she just kind of, like, uncracked her neck back, I was like, oh, Oh, okay. Janessa kind of squirmed in her chair <laughs> when she seen that. She's like, ah, yeah. yuck. But yeah, all of a sudden, you know, when she Stormfront's getting the, the living crap kicked out. I mean, they basically they 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 beat her, but she took off. Right. And uh she I mean she was out there and gone. And next thing you know, she shows up with Becca and Ryan. Yeah, and we kind of skipped over a lot of the Ryan talk. I mean, Ryan is the son of Homelander and Becca. Um, the son that uh you know, uh, uh, Butcher was kind of hesitant to bring when he was trying to escape with Becca earlier in the season. And he, he does have superpowers. Um, he, and essentially it's a struggle um, where Vaught wanted to kind of a, a sequel to Homelander without him being so messed up because Homelander was raised by these doctors that didn't really care about him or show him any kind of love. Yeah. So he, he grew up to be this just horrible person. So like, okay, well, let's take two and make another Homelander, but actually raise him in a nice home with a loving mother, and maybe he'll turn out okay. Without Homelander knowing that, you know, what's going on. They tried right. to hide it from him. And, uh, well, you're not hiding anything from this dude. He's going to figure out something. Yeah, eventually Stormfront and Homelander, they go back to the house, and they just take Ryan away from Becca. Oh, that, that, oh, that pissed me off so much. Yeah. That was another thing. It was that same episode. It just started burning at me. It's like you see, you know, him being taken from his mother. Right. And that, just like the scene with Butcher and his dad, those scenes were ones that were making me more and more angry. I was like, I. I that was a rough episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty bad. You don't know what Ryan's powers are. You've seen his eyes close glow before. Yeah. But you also seen Homelander throw him off the roof when he did nothing. Right. Or like when uh, he's, you know, in the yard and he's telling him to concentrate. And he's trying to teach him how to. I don't know, blow up this little figure or make it move or, or do whatever it is. Yeah, and think he, about you somebody just, you really hate. And yeah. uh, he hasn't he didn't have the same experience as Homelander did as a kid. So he doesn't the kid doesn't have hate in his heart. So uh Homelander's well, having a tough we time. See you later. Whoa, well, yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean yeah, because I think he even said, you know, that's a swear word. I gotta put in, you know, something in a jar so if I hate something, jar, yeah. which is you you can tell he's being raised right. Right. 
so that thing whole thing you know goes down but when stormfront is basically trying to kill becca and she she loves those words i like seeing the light go out yeah and all of a sudden you see ryan and his eyes start glowing and all of a sudden it's like he goes supernova right and i'm like what just happened who's alive who's not alive Butcher was there, you know, Butcher was there, Stormfront was there, his mom was there, who's, who's gone? Yeah, everything goes to white, and you find that Stormfront is uh, kind of laying in a, she's like a burnt husk of what she used to be, she's got her legs missing, she's like completely burned up, uh, she had an eye gouged out from Becca, that's one, you know. Oh yeah, she got Becca stabbed in the eye, oh that was awesome. Yeah, um. And uh, I guess during the uh, that blast, whatever hold that uh, storefront had on Becca's neck, she like ripped a chunk of you know flesh out of Becca's neck, so she was bleeding out from the neck and she was dying. Uh, Butcher is there and he he goes back and forth in emotions, like he rushes to her rescue, he screams for somebody to help, um, and we never see Butcher like this. We we always see Butcher composed. You may see kind of angry. But Butcher just, like, he totally lost it. Well, I mean, talking uh, about Butcher like that, it was also it came to a point earlier in the episode when he said, I struck a deal with Edgar. And yeah. he said, get out of here. I'll deal with Edgar. You guys go. Right. So, yeah, I mean, had- you're, you're seeing levels of Butcher that is amazing. You see how, like, how much and how many layers and how in-depth this one character is. And it's, the writing, writing is phenomenal on this show. Yeah, I think that's kind of one of the bigger aspects. It's hard because on the surface, the show is like a lot of flashbang, gore, violence, and like some sex, a little bit of it, not not a lot not of it. Much. But like, it's got this like kind of like bloody, glossy glow to it that's enticing. Uh, but you don't realize like as far as the character and the story arcs, it's like it's intricately intricately plotted. And it's such a fun watch, man. You just keep, you can't stop watching it. Yeah, you're going to hit, like I said earlier, you're going to hit every single emotion yeah. while watching one episode, let alone the whole series. Yeah, so we should probably try to, like, wrap up the season. I I know we skipped a ton, and we kind of reviewed a, lo- a lot of episodes and kind of mashed them all together. But uh, where where are we left at the end of uh, episode eight here? Leaving well, episode eight, I mean, we can't talk about the end of episode eight without quickly recalling episode uh, seven, uh, the hearings, when right. they're actually all in the Senate hearings, and all of a sudden, uh, the scientist who basically raised Homelander is getting ready to testify about what's going on, and then you have heads popping everywhere. Right, people are dying; it's spraying everywhere. The senator that is is trying to go ahead and you know bring it everything to light. The senator uh, uh, Newman. She's trying to bring everything like she's trying she's trying to hold them accountable and she survives. But at the end of episode eight, the season finale, we find out why she survived. Right. She's a soup. She's the one that's doing the popping. She's got the you know, the needle and the you know the, the balloons. Yeah, so, she's the head popper. Yeah, because uh, Huey goes to work for her. Yeah, yeah. Well, well no one has any idea. Yeah. I mean that's it's I, I'm so intrigued to see where they go from here. Uh, what's going to happen? You know, where do they take her character? Uh, is Huey going to walk away? Is Huey going to be a part, not a part of the the boys directly? Because you see Mother's Milk go back to his family. You see yeah. Kamiko and uh, Frenchie and walk Frenchie away. Take off, yeah. 
they've all split up. They all went their own ways. Yeah. So what's going to even butcher? Gonna, butcher's offered that new job with uh, what's her name? Uh, the oh uh, uh, Mallory. With Mallory, yeah, she's like, you can have like an actual. You're you know you're cleared of all charges. You could actually work for the government and be a part of a team that keeps an eye on soups. Would you would think would be right up his alley? That but he just kind of he doesn't say to, anything. He just kind of walks away from her. That heckens back to though the team that happened when she had that had Frenchie on it, that had Butcher on it, that had Mother's Milk on it. Yeah. That actually, you know, when things went bad and Lamplighter actually torched her grandkids on accident, yeah. thinking it was actually her. So I can see why he didn't have a response immediately, and I'm shocked that she's willing to go ahead and lead a team like that again right. after how badly it went the first time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So basically, the the way uh, season two ends is everybody's kind of split apart. Uh, Butcher, there was a point in that forest after Ryan had kind of obliterated <laughs> Stormfront and everybody else. He was essentially had a choice, either going with Homelander or going with Butcher. He was kind of standing in between the two mm-hmm. men. And... Honestly, I didn't know which way he was going to go because he had kind of warmed up to Homelander through, you know, Homelander's manipulation, and honestly, probably just the, um, just him being a frightened kid about having these powers. And I mean, there's really nobody else that'd be able to teach him about having this these powers besides Homelander. You know, yeah, he's been through it, so I can see that uh, uh, why he would want to. But he ends up going to Butcher because he sees that you know. Uh, uh, Becca, his mother, introduced Butcher as her husband, and she knows that you know this is somebody that her mother loved and somebody that tried to protect his mother. Uh, and he got the the creepy vibes from Homelander, you know, more than once. Yeah. So he made the right choice and he moved to Butcher. And, and then who uh, comes to the rescue again, though? Maeve, Maeve comes in again. She was MVP and, for this final episode. Yeah. Honestly, the biggest issue we had with Maeve was she was complicit by not acting in yeah. prior episodes and prior seasons. Yeah. Now she's actually standing up and doing what's right and trying to check Homelander because now she has that video and you see Homelander's eyes like boiling. Like oh, yeah. he knows what's going to happen if that gets out. And Can you ma- imagine? And that's he so he let Ryan and Butch he let Butcher go off with Ryan. He's in such a place now, Queen Maeve has put him in, where he actually let Butcher go again. This time it wasn't his choice, basically. He just had to bite the bullet and do it. And then he let um, uh, Starlight and Queen Maeve back into the Seven in in a press conference. And he had just to go on and on and apologize to Starlight for calling her out. and And I know you guys are true friends, and you could just see... You could just see through his face how this is just so well, I mean, painful he, for him. He skipped over the uh, the dramatic ep- you know part of the episode when he's standing on top of the building saying he can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And we'll just leave it at that. We, we If you watch the show, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. I, I skipped <laughs> it on intentionally, and you brought it up anyway. Oh, you know I'm going to. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, we didn't get too deep into it, but uh, <laughs> it, it becomes a shower for somebody. Oh, uh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, dude, guys, this was, you know, The Boys season two, you know, the second half of it. Uh, it, it was amazing. I mean, I know we have a ways to go before we get the second, you know, the season three. I know it's already been renewed for season three. Yeah. Uh, we're curious where they go with it because everything's up in the air. Everyone went on their own. They're no longer wanted men. All their crimes have been erased. Uh, so they are free to do as they will. 
but there's got to be something that happens that brings them back together. And uh, I don't know we, if you, I don't know if you could have ended the season any better way. Honestly, I, I thought this was a really good season, and it leaves you wanting more. Like that's exactly what a show should do. Like I can't wait to see what happens in season three with all of these characters. Yeah, I mean, almost like they wrote it thinking, what if there's not a season three? How do we wrap this up and give yeah. them a satisfying ending, but leave it open for, you know, a season three, if season three happens, and it, and it, it, it has. Yeah, and, it, it and this, I think I've said it on the, the first part of this review, uh, the ratings are up like 98% from last year. Yeah. So as long as the ratings are that high, Amazon's going to keep on. They're yeah. going to keep on going. So we're going to have a season two. Now, I hope they don't run it too long. I hope they, like... They know when the end should be, and they cut it off rather than pulling a Walking Dead. Right, just go on and on and Exactly, on and just on. try to milk that cow as long as you can. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed you know, listening to us here. This was uh, this was fun. I don't think we, uh, we crapped the bed as, me, as much as we were afraid we were going to. Yeah, we uh, did all right. Yeah, but uh, we're going to be doing this regularly. Uh, this was kind of our first time. We were just going to you know, dip in our foot in the pool to see how, how it goes, if there was any technical issues or anything. Uh, if you guys listen to the Dad in the Rock podcast, uh, if you don't, uh, we should, for What's one. With you? Uh, yeah. Check us out. We're everywhere. I mean, at dadinderock.com, it's going to have links to everything for us. And we are going to be doing this 1030 uh, every Friday night reviewing The Mandalorian Season 2. So if you enjoy that, by all means, check us out and, you know, and see what our thoughts are. Uh, comment on it. If you go ahead and you put up a comment. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about it as well, and uh, yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah, you could see my my mom chime in earlier in the episode. Uh, oh, so she did it again. She went ahead and said, "We did a great job." Oh, which is, thanks. thanks, which is mom. awesome. Mother, we love, we like that. <laughs> my mom loves everything I do. Hey, hey, hey! What about me? <laughs> no, no, yeah, she just likes me. Um, but uh, no, you're right. I mean, you know, check us out live. It's interactive. I mean, make comments, and we'll, uh, you know. Uh, do our best to kind of address stuff. Uh, you know, it's a live format. It's fun. It's a different kind of thing than just kind of the audio podcast. So, uh, we, you know, I, I can speak for Chris. I know we're both excited to uh, test this out week to week and and, and grow the, the video podcast as well. Okay, guys. Well, I think that's a good place to say the Dad in the Rock High Voltage is signing off for the evening. You guys have a nice night now. See ya. Bye now. <laughs>